This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the rock room today, live and in person, is my friend for how long, Chip? Chip Chinnery? Since 1995. That'd be 27 years. 27 years, my friend. He has a brand new book out. His first book, right? Thank you. It is my first book. You're an author now. I'm a published author. You're an actor. Can't you and- tell by my turtleneck that I'm a published author? <laughs> You're an you're a stand-up comedian. You're an actor. You're an author. And what what else can we add to that? I'm an impresario, a bon vivant, uh, poker avid poker player. You, avid, you are an avid. Ooh, we're going to talk about that oh, real yeah. quick in a minute. And you uh, your your own properties. I'm a I land baron. I don't know what you don't do. Do you fuck? I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I catch you off guard? Yeah. You didn't know there'd be salty language. You didn't know how many commas I have. <laughs> Well, the new book is Charging Mount Stand-Up. That's actually what I'm going to call this episode. I'm going to call it Charging Mount Stand-Up with Chip Chinnery. That's a, yeah, that's a. And then it says my first year on the road. And the title is, it's people are, what's Charging Mount Stand-Up mean? Well, there was a time in my career when I was like, I'm going to do open mics every week. Right. And then I'm going to burn the ships at the shore and charge up Mount Stand-Up. I'm going to go for it. There's no turning back. <laughs> right. And that's in the first few pages. So now it's the title. I just want to tell people that this isn't this isn't just a this isn't a pamphlet. No, this is five hundred and six pages, <laughs> but it's also yeah, it's like a document of your whole first year because you have photos galore in here. I would say half. A, it's like a scrapbook with stories. It's half pictures. Yeah, it's it's it. really cool. And All the people I worked with, David tells his first weekend on the road. Brian Regan and I took a honeymoon. Is a uh, is a uh, is Dave Chappelle in here? Dave Chappelle's in there. All 17- the Daves are in here. Dave oh, Chappelle, Dave Vettel. Seventeen-year-old uh, Dave Chappelle opened for me. I have that in there, and I also have a link to him bringing me up. You know, on video and on my website chipchinnery.com. There you go. Head and, over there. And it, don't try to don't don't try to I've learned this. Don't try to find the book at Amazon cuz you'll type in charging mount stand up and they'll send you a page with all these charging mounts for your phone. So just go to chipchinnery.com and there's a there's a book there and you click on that it'll take you right to where you need to be. Well, we can put we can put a link in the description of the podcast okay. episode. You you send me a proper link and I'll yeah. do it. Okay. Cool. Now, if I go to Pornhub and I type in Chip Chinnery, does You'll this book something. come up? Something will you come will up. You'll see something, but, but it might not be what I want to see. Look at this. This is T. R. Banker and Oprah Winfrey. What's this from? Uh, T. R. Banker is a comic I worked with in uh, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, mm-hmm. not Minnesota, Michigan, and he is a world Guinness World Record holder for having uh, told jokes for the longest amount of time. And he stood in the window at some department store in Chicago and told jokes for 45 straight hours. And at the end of it, he went on Oprah Winfrey. I can't do anything for 45 straight it's, hours. I can't. He, he, he bettered his record. He After that, after, after we worked together, he made like 79 hours in Las Vegas. I'm like, wow. How did, did this get him this? anywhere, though? Did this get him a sitcom deal? Hmm. Is he in the movies? Hmm. Has he sold a million selling uh, you know, album like uh, Let's Get Small? He's still out there. He's still out he there doing it. He hasn't done that yet. 
Wow. But he might. Because he's still doing it. He's he's the second world record holder that I have in the book here. Who's the first one? Uh, Nikki Shane. Nikki the Buzzard Shane. He, Is that a... Oh, it's a he. Okay. He's a he. Uh, he had a character on stage, stage he would call himself the Buzzard. And he, uh, <laughs> unrelated to that, he had... Uh, he's the Guinness World Record holder for the fastest harmonica player. He playing when, <laughs> played when the Saints go marching in faster than anyone else and does like 200 notes in a split second. So, Let me ask you something about this guy. Yeah. Is he having a sitcom? Mm. Is, he on, is he in a movie? He does have a sitcom he's working on. He sent me a link. Oh, okay. Good, good, it's, good. It's, uh, it's, uh, but look up Nikki Shane. I'm sure he could. Now, see, I can make these jokes because you have been wildly successful in the acting field. I'm America's sweetheart, Pat. How many... First of all, let's do commercials. And people think that that's like not really acting, but it is. How many commercials have you done? Nationals. 76 commercials. 76 national commercials in how many years? Uh, I started doing them in 97, so 25 years. So what's the average on that? Uh, like three? It's 25 years, so it's three a year. But like the first five years, I did 10 a year. Yeah. I was hot. I was one of those guys. Yeah, because you have a look. Yeah. It's all, it's that guy. You have a character look. Yes. I'm not a leading man. I'm a character. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah. character. You don't have to keep good looking if you're JT Walsh always works. Exactly. So, I mean- he might be dead now, but he, he may have died. I think he died, but um, <laughs> but yeah, you can. Uh, and if you're curious, again, I keep plugging my website. I have do it uploaded over 100 clips up there of TV shows and uh, movies and commercials that I've done at chipchinnery.com. Now, just in my wheelhouse of things, you were on Seinfeld. Yes, you were on Friends. Yes, curb your enthusiasm. Yes, I mean, just to be on Seinfeld and Friends in the 90s is insane those were like the, the two hot sitcoms and you got parts on those i was so excited to do seinfeld because it was the third to the last episode it's the episode where jerry uh was called the maid and jerry was he had a maid but then the maid wouldn't clean the house and he would so he still pay her you. he fucks her. listen what they do they <laughs> i don't and i was uh and i was in the t-bone episode that was the episode where yeah. George wanted to be called T-Bone, and I was one of the office workers. You're one of the guys that's chanting T-Bone, T-Bone, but not for George. No. And at one point, I say turkey sandwich, and that's the only, as Letterman would say, this is the only thing on NBC at this moment, is <laughs> me saying turkey sandwich. <laughs> so that was my moment. And what were some of the other big ones you were on? Uh, I've done over 40 different sitcoms. I've done 80-some mm. episodes of TV. I, did a, I was in a movie, uh, Battle of the Sexes. With Steve Carell and uh, with yeah, that's about uh, Billie Jean King and uh, Bobby Riggs. You played Bobby Riggs and Emma. Emma was the uh, you were Bobby Riggs, right? I was uh, no, I played uh, Rune Arledge, Rune Arledge. President Rune Arledge um, with Emma but, Stone. But you've been in a guy, you've been in a movie. You you have like you have like six or seven movie posters hanging up in your bathroom, and they're all movies that you've had parts in. Coyote uh, Ugly, Coyote Ugly, Bullwinkle. Sure, I was. Hey, look, it doesn't look. That's a Disney film, right? Yeah. Still get checks. So yeah, people are still looking at it. There's a movie poster of it in uh, in Coyote Ugly. I was a cop. I was cop one, and cop two <laughs> is an Oscar winner. Now look, this I got. What I want to stress here is like we're we're kind of you're kind of laughing when I bring up those movies. But here's the deal: this wasn't when we had streaming services and Bruce Willis would make eleven movies a year, and you right. might be in one of those. These are legit Hollywood productions. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was different back then. When you got booked in these, it's a big deal. Yeah. I, I, I am being uh, flippant, but I, I was so thrilled to do those things. I got booked into uh, Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys. Clint and, Eastwood's direct. And then you and I went to see it, and, yeah. you, and you were cut out. Yeah. But you did get the clip of it. You, yeah. And you were in a scene with Donald Sutherland? Right. 
Yeah. And I showed up on the set and it was, because uh, I'd, I'd been reading my script in the dressing room. As sure, doing your right. preparation. Was there backstory with your character? An actor prepares. My character <laughs> was named Ted and he was very excited to work at NASA. <laughs> uh, and my character also wanted to get paid. Anyway, so, uh, so I'm ready to go and I, they call me to the set. I walk in, there's Clint Eastwood. Who's Clint Eastwood? And yeah. then there's Donald Sutherland. And I say, hi, how are you guys? And they kind of usher me to the chair. <laughs> how, how are you guys? <laughs> hi, fellas. Yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> Ted in the house. <laughs> uh, so then I'm sitting down and all of a sudden, Donald Sutherland gets this look in his eye and he starts rehearsing a scene that I remember reading in my, in my tra- uh, trailer. That's, and I go, uh, I'm not in this scene. <laughs> and then Cleese starts laughing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the kind of relationship you guys have. You're always just kind of, I'm like, <laughs> what? He's going to, he's going to fuck me. That's when, <laughs> he's going to screw me out of this job. I'm like, well, I said, hold on. I don't know what's going on here, but I, I'm <laughs> supposed to be Tom in the next scene. This is Ted. I'm not in this scene. I'm in the next scene. It's like, Oh no, you're actually in this scene. So, uh, and then the PA runs over. Did you get your script? Don't you have the script? I go, yeah, I have the script, but I, I thought but, I'm in the next but, scene. I'm preparing yeah, the but, next scene. But different lines are highlighted in the script yeah. I have. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and Clint's like, no, you're in this scene. So we'll uh, we'll take five minutes. Are, are you we'll ready? To, are you ready to shit your pants at that point? Oh yeah, I'm like, really? I finally got to meet Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I'm in like in a. This is a major deal. Warner Brothers production. And they they think I have the balls to do that. Like I would ever. <laughs> I'm not in this scene. <laughs> they just think that if you get that far, you're you're a professional actor and you roll the bunches. Oh, and he goes, "Hey, right? we're going to reset the shot. We're going to set up the shot, and uh, we'll be back in five minutes." I go, "Cool. Uh, can I see the script, please?" But thankfully, it was just like me just reacting mostly to Donald <laughs> Sutherland, and I was like, "Oh." And that clips on my that un- yes. unreleased clips on my now look too. It look you this clip wasn't a deleted scene on the dvd you you worked it behind the scenes to get this clip because you're like hey this is a pretty big deal clint eastwood directed me and i mean i know it didn't make it in the movie but i'd like to see it i'd like people to see it and they were very cool about it because it's amazing like no one even would even other people would just go what the fuck i don't get it yeah because they said uh i said do you guys have a dvd to put out no we don't do those i'm like all right but he was. Uh, they were very cool at Clint's place, and they they let me have a, an AV Avid output. Copy. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the back of the book. Also, Third Rock from Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. You call it just Third Rock. I call it Third Rock. Then people might think, oh, he's on Thirty Rock. American Horror Story, NCIS, The Goldbergs, Shameless, The Connors, Family Guy. So I, I mean, had a good run. It's not. It's not a joke. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm a big star. Yeah, Instagram at book. yeah Instagram at Chip Chinnery, Twitter at Chip Chinnery, chipchinnery.com, Facebook.com forward slash Chip Chinnery official in case that other guy yeah. who's pretending to be Fake Chip Chinnery. So you did this book. It's uh, how long did it take you from like, I think when you write a book or you write anything, you're always thinking about it. You're writing it in your head. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, so the, somewhere along 2017, I was like, I don't know, what am I going to do next? And then I was like, well, I have a journal that I kept since 1986, and I have 5,000 photographs that I snapped of every gig I did on the road. Every single gig, like with all, whatever comedians were on the show that night, even if it was a one-nighter, you yeah. took a picture. Whether it's a one-night or not. Okay. I would, I would jump up there with a couple other comics, snap the picture. No, I need to, I need to say this too, because times have changed. You didn't just pull your phone out. And take five pictures and pick the best one. You you had a camera with you. That's true. And I had it was a kind you focused. Yeah. Yeah. Had then you, I focus it. Then I hand it to someone and they would snap the picture. It's work. 
Yeah, and a lot of times they they just instantly just start messing with the focus. So there are a couple of pictures that are a little off, and I'm like, oh jeez, why don't you just do it the way? Yeah, I well, yeah. What's wrong with you? I've set this up. But then you have to then you have to take the film out, get it developed, and hope that you have a good picture. Right. It's not just like today. We just no. Let's do another yep. one. Do another one. And now these photos are decades old. So you had to have you had them all redone high had, res do yeah. whatever you call it i had uh the negatives i still had and they were all in plastic sheets so they're in uh, pristine shape so i Negati- hired negatives people is people don't even know what we're talking about <laughs> it's film after it gets developed <laughs> and then they uh well that's a picture no the negative anyway so they i had a company i hired somebody to digitize it all into nice little crispy jpegs yeah and I loaded them up in the book, and I put in articles in there that were written, ads. I got little memorabilia from yep. different things, like uh, tickets from the club, or it's just it's uh, like I said, there's like over 500 images in there. So if you think of that as one per page, yeah, like it's halfway. This book is for people that can't even read; they yeah. can just leaf through it and <laughs> read like captions and enjoy. You could leaf through it, and uh, yeah. That's what I think. And you can see what the clubs look like. I have pictures yeah. of everybody on stage. I got Sinbad popping in and uh, Zanies in Nashville to do a guest set with his fanny pack on. Get well, Sinbad. He Get had, well. He's, a, he's, yeah. He's hurt. He's on the, on the recovery from a stroke. Yeah. I saw that the other day. Uh, a lot of the photos are brick walls yes. or a big logo with the word comedy behind it. Slapsticks. Here you are with Brian Regan. Yeah. At the Whatever happened trap. to him? Eh, who knows? And Roger Cabler. Roger Cabler, right after that, became huge. He was the last, he was one of the cast members on the last uh, incarnation of the Carol Burnett show. And then he became the Zima guy for a couple yeah, years yeah. after having his own sitcom, Rhythm and Blues, on NBC. Crazy. And uh, we were all hanging out in Niagara Falls. We yeah. were doing all the things. We were going on the Maid of the Mist, the boat ride. I got pictures in there. We got uh, the Cave of the Winds. We did it all. We actually went on a helicopter ride with a helicopter that had just earlier that week clipped one of the lines on one of the rides and sheared off its uh, landing gear. So anyway, we decided they probably wouldn't have two accidents in one week. So no, thank God. We got on that on that little But blip. yeah, just uh this is just and again, this is just your first year. Yeah, it's more I was surprised to see it when it showed up at my doorstep. I was like, "Whoa." I know. It's he- it's actually heavy. It looks like a textbook. Is it a pound? It's uh it's almost 2 pounds. It's, it's almost pounds, 2 pounds. Pound. I always tell people the best books are the heavy books. This is a two-pound book. War and Peace was probably three pounds. Yeah, and that had that didn't even have pictures. No this pictures. Does. This has pictures. Again, if you can't read, perfect. Perfect. Now, is that your current headshot on the back, or is that a photo that was taken specifically as an author photo? I might have taken that right after I dropped some weight and I wanted to brag. Put that on the back. No, I don't think it looks... Uh, it doesn't not look not like you. Uh, I just had that on my desktop and I was like, yeah, oh, let's just put this one on there. All right, that's good. About the author. Chip Chinnery is a stand-up. Like Wayne act. Feds, our friend Wayne Feds yeah. has a picture in the back of his book where he's at a typewriter, he's smoking, he's like 22. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have that photo anywhere. <laughs> you know, that looks like a writer. I'm like, guy. Now, is this a funny book? Yeah, every, uh, every chapter... Every chapter is a gig, so every gig is a chapter, whether okay. it's one night or a week long. And I put in jokes that the other comic from the other comics. Each comic has a joke in there. There's probably sixty jokes of mine throughout the book. So there are jokes on pretty much every page. There's insights about what, what we did the other twenty three hours of the, of the day. Yeah, because you hang stage. out, you hang out, you, you hang joke out, you around, you maybe go to a ball game, you go have lunch, you bust balls, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You have fun, and it's all the stuff we do. So if you're interested in what the stand, if you like stand up. I think you'd love the book. If you like comedy, you love the book. Yeah. If you just like, if you like traveling salesmen, like what's their life like? Because that's kind of what we were. We'd travel around telling our jokes. Yeah. 
And uh, it's life on the road. And now, a word from our sponsors. Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast here. And let me just tell you, life doesn't come with a user manual. You know, you get uh, in and out of relationships, or you move to a new city, or you're starting a new job. Sometimes just talking with family and friends doesn't do the trick. So here's what I recommend. Maybe try better help. Better help therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. You know, you're on vacation, you're on a business trip, and you need to talk to someone. Well, that's where BetterHelp comes in. In a perfect world, everyone would be able to talk openly and honestly with their friends and family about some of the problems they may be experiencing. But we know that isn't always the case, so BetterHelp is a great option. With BetterHelp, you can learn coping skills, self-empowerment, and how to deal with trauma. Again, everyone deserves to feel their best, and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've helped put millions of people together with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. And get this, no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. If you're stuck, then it's time to get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash RockSolid. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RockSolid. Now back to the show. Now some of the hair is glorious in these. Uh, there's a lot of mullets happening. <laughs> and then there's some some hair that's unfortunate, like, oh, that guy was bald when he was 20. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a... Uh, this is, this is, uh, this is look at Jeff Martyr's hair. Yeah, good head of hair. Where's Jeff Martyr? He's still around. He's he's moved back to the East Coast, but I talk to him now and now now and then. Does on. he still do you get booked and do? I don't know if he's performing anymore. Clubs and colleges all around the country. You may have seen him on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Who? Oh, so what shows did you do stand up on? I've done. Uh, I did seven uh, appearances doing stand up. I did uh, A and E's an evening at the Improv. Okay. Comedy on the Road, Caroline's Comedy Hour. All right. I did a couple episodes of Make Me Laugh, which I think you did as well. Yeah, I never got to do stand-up on any shows, but yeah, I was on three episodes of Make Me Laugh, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. I did a couple episodes of Last Comic Standing. So that's all the stand-up shows I've done. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you were on Last Comic Standing. I did too. I actually had to put that back in the book. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, I forgot. Wait a minute, I was on Last Comic Standing. Yeah, yeah. Our friend John Heffron won. Yeah, he's a star now. He's a... He was the Last Comic Standing. He was the last comic standing, and yeah. he uh, and he deserved to be, for sure. He was so good. Yeah. Did a different set every week. Yeah, I don't mean I, I didn't think I just sounded like a jerk there. No, 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 he's you not didn't. A star, but he's a he's a, he, he was a star of that show. But he's that show. He still headlines everywhere, all yeah. the time. Vague everything. That's great. I mean, that's that really that really panned out for him. He's a good comic. You, yeah. You, Look, after you go to chipchinnery.com and, and you see all that stuff, then go look up, uh, go look up John, Heffern. John Heffern. <laughs> all right. And uh, in conjunction with this episode, we're going to give one of these books away. That's great. Yes. Love to. And I'll, ask a, I'll ask some question yeah. about you. Ooh. I'll so. probably, it'll be an easy question. I'll ask, like, I'll ask, like, who did you play in the movie Battle of the Sexes? 
Wait, we just told them that. I know. That, that will tell us if they, if they listened or not. Or they could go to like the, IMDb or something. Yeah, the, the questions are never hard. Oh, okay. It's not like, okay. <laughs> oh, now when you worked on Battle of the Sexes, yeah. I, I heard that the costume lady came on to you a little bit. Is this true? <laughs> oh, it's our friend's wife. She put her hands in my pants. Wait, Murray Valeriano's wife? Yeah, but he doesn't. I, Mary Zoffries? I keep making that joke around him and I don't think he digs it that much because he doesn't really react. Or maybe he's heard it a ton of times. He's heard it a ton of times. I tell it to him they every talk, day. And in case you didn't know, in showbiz, these these uh, wardrobe people, you, they might, you'd think they were your wife. They just tuck you in and it's, it's, you're a stranger, but all right, I guess yeah. that's how we do this. Well, they have to tuck everyone in so that then when they have Clooney and McConaughey, they can also tuck them in. They get, uh, I tuck Chip Chinnery in. It's the long con. That's right. Yeah. Just so they no. can get to the, the tuck in they really want. <laughs> All right. So in order to promote this book, wow, we talked a lot about the and book. The book is, it's 88 to 89, October of 88. 88 to 89. So Ronald Reagan was, yeah, the Ronald Reagan was still the president. And then at the end of the book uh, was, if you're a baseball fan, the earthquake that rocked the Oakland A's, Giants, World Series, that was the last day of the book. All right. Get now, let, let me ask you this. 88, yeah. 89, that's when I started doing it too. Yeah. That was when the, there was a comedy boom. Yeah. So if you were, if you had some personality and you weren't nervous and you could hold their attention and get a few laughs, you could start working as an opener. Yes. So if we hadn't started right at the boom. Yeah. How long do you think it would have taken us to get work? Because I, hmm. I believe I started working like six months after did you really? starting. Okay. I, yeah, I really, I'm pretty sure I did. I was gun shy. I just, because uh, I started when I was 16 in 81, and then I would do a few open mic. Mm -hmm. In 81, 81 16. When I was, that was before the boom. Like it was like months before the boom took off. I was at, doing it at some bar in Cincinnati. Wow. And then like. Uh, five six months later giggles comedy club opened up yeah. so that was a sign that of the boom really starting in 82 so i started young so i carried around this little sense of like oh i'm not part of the boom i was here when i was 16 i've been doing this for quite i'm a veteran <laughs> and i wasn't that good at the, you know, but anyway i wasn't good for sure in 81 so i don't know it's a yeah. good question because i think uh for a long there were a lot of guys who became stand-up comics it would have been just a funny guy at work. Right, yeah. If you, if you said, I'm going to go try this, and I can, and oh, well, they're going to pay me? All right, yeah. cool. Then you became a comedian. Yeah, I remember when I was able to quit like the day job. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to, all right. Yeah. The day job, whatever it was in Chicago, whatever shitty job that was. Yeah. But um, uh, what was I going to I was going to add something. I forgot. Well, there was a thing. Uh, what do you think of that? It was like, uh, I, so I started in 81. I mm -hmm. did all these open mics. Then I stopped for a while, went to college. Then I said, I'm going to go back and try it again. Right out of college, I tried it. And I was so, I was just scared, scared of actually <laughs> committing to doing it. it. It is scary. And so I just did that one in 86. And then I just didn't do it again for another year and a half. And like 87 rolled around. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's super scary yeah. to say, like, I moved to Chicago to do it. Yeah. I don't know anyone in Chicago. You moved, I didn't know that. So you just up and that's where you started in Chicago? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I had done it like I did it in college. I think I did a couple open mics around Pittsburgh, but I'm talking like a handful of times. I did an open mic in um, in Baltimore. I can't remember what that, maybe it was Charm City Comedy yeah. Club. Yeah. Um, Dan yeah. Rosen, I think, Dan was Rosen's running it. Club. And when, and um, oh, who brought me up? Um, Patton or Blaine? No, it was, it was an African American guy who went on to write on a bunch of shows. Torian uh, Hughes, T.S. Hughes. No, he's really funny. This guy from the area. From he was Boston? from there. Yeah. 
uh, from Warren Hutcherson. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. He's still writing. Yeah. So I um I signed up. Yeah. I I was I was living at my aunt's my great aunt's house and working at UPS in 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 uh, Laurel, Maryland. Mm-hmm. It was the worst year of my life. <laughs> I, my girlfriend was uh, a senior in college. I had graduated. It, it was a horrible, it was horrible. I worked third shift at UPS. And then, and I'm like, cause I thought I was going to go to Baltimore and do open mics, but I'm working third shift at UPS. I can't really go anywhere. Yeah. So one night I, I said, okay, I'm going to get to go do this. And my friend from uh friend from grade school, still my friend, Sean McKnight, he came down and took my camera, yeah. set it up. I can't find the tape though. But, um, Signed up for the open mic, got a spot, and I destroyed, really? like destroyed. Like when I walked off the stage, <laughs> Dan Rosen said to me, where did you come from? Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm from Pittsburgh. I just moved here. He goes, you need to get down here more. I'll wow. put you up. Wow. And I never went down again. Really? After I never went down so again. Well. I know. Like I destroyed. Like it was... And you didn't, why do you think? Because of fear? Like that was my I don't thing, know. Fear. I don't know what it is. I I, th- I always think the first, and that wasn't my first time, but it was my first time there. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of first times in stand-up, you just, you kill and you think, oh, I'm going to hmm. be on TV. And then the next 30 times is horrible. <laughs> you know, what but, it, what but it, just, it was, I was just like, I remember driving home like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a high that you can't explain. Yeah. And because uh, it's all you, and I remember you just talking about. I was continuing this sort of. So when I started again doing open mm-hmm. mics, yeah, and then I, I was offered a job in Connecticut, and I was like, I'll take this job if I can, if I can get, uh, keep doing stand up, yeah. And so then it turns out my college roommate knew Tom Hertz, TV writer, yeah, yeah, created Rules of Engagement with David Spade and those guys, um, and so Mac, my college roommate, hooked me up with Hertz. That's how I met Hertz. Just, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll introduce you at the Treehouse. So I moved, accepted the job in Connecticut, moved there. <laughs> what kind what, of job was that? Uh, director of communications for the Bank Mart. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It was awful. It sounds awful. I was uh, like two weeks <laughs> in, I realized. so bad. What did I do? What did I do? Yeah. Just when I lived, yeah, When I was in Chicago, I was working at a place where I collected, had to call people and try to collect their, their defaulted loan. Oh, good luck. It was so fucking awful. Well, that prepared you for stand-up to be rejected well, constantly. Yeah, true, true. But I got to Connecticut, and they said, Tom's like, yeah, so you got to call Brad Axelrod at the Treehouse, and then uh, Peter Cohen will, you have to audition for Peter. So I went in in the late afternoon. Okay. And, hey, Peter, I'm Chip. Okay, cool. He turns on the stage lights. He sits in a chair. I go on stage. He sits 10 feet away in the chair, and I do five minutes of my act. He's stone-faced. I'm like, well, maybe he's just not a laugher. Yeah. And then he goes, well, hey, man, um, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. You know, just... Some people just aren't made to be comedians. So, and I'm like, so I can't go up tonight. No, I'm sorry, man. First of all, I couldn't get on an open mic night in Connecticut. It, you, would, you had to audition for one guy. Of course, you couldn't. And I was just named funniest person in Cincinnati in the February contest. So I'm like, I'm hot. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I was like, really? But I got back on there, and it worked out from there on. But okay. now let's jump to 19. Was it 96 when we had to do our whole sketch show for one guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had written a sketch show and we were- The Ice we, House, right? Yeah. And, and we wanted to perform it at the Ice House. And the guy goes, well, before we can approve it, we have to see the sketch show. And we're like, what do you mean? He said, you have to come and do it. So, so we five did, guys. Five guys. 
we did the whole show. Props. Yeah. We hauled props out to Pasadena. Hour long show. The whole show, full out. The, for one guy. Yeah. No audience. It was like, oh, we got to see what you are. Yeah. And then we uh, we didn't we didn't get to they do didn't, it. There. Uh, no, they didn't need us. <laughs> what a full. fucking waste of time, you yeah. assholes! Can I give you a tape? Mm, no, we need to see a live. We need to. You need to walk the boards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get to some music. Yeah. Okay, so you picked songs. I told you to pick some songs that relate to your stand-up. Uh, uh, what do I want to say? journey yeah and most journey of them, stand up most of them are pertaining to the year of the book of 88 to 89 that's I just, good i tried to stick to it that's pretty good yeah. you're a stickler mm. so what do you got for us first any well, anyone on this list they're the all first, queued up i'm all ready to go i'm gonna tell you that i i want to play do i tell you the song name or end it with that and then you can play i'll, I'll do it like a this next song is uh an album this song's album came out on the day number two of my stand-up career when I was a pro, October 18th, 1988. This is my second day on the road, and uh, it's by a bunch of guys. I actually have a, well, you, I have a joke about it. I'll tell you after the song plays. All right, so we're not going to say what it is. I'm just going to play it. It's People a, would know it. It's a song by the Traveling Wilburys, Handle With Care. Here we go. singing well that's uh that cues me into my joke my joke in march i came up with was uh uh with the untimely passing away of john lennon and more recently from traveling wilburys roy orbison <laughs> rolling stone conducted a survey to find the leading cause of death among rock stars is being in a band with george harrison and that my friends i stand back and take my bow in march of 89 is that your opener or your closer because it's I, strong i put it right in the middle you know give them a little something to remind them that i'm here now the Wilburys, they use the fake names like Nelson yeah. and Otis and Lefty. You, you'd be Ginger Wilbury, right? Absolutely, I would be. I don't even know. What my I'd Wilbury play the uh, would kazoo. Well, you, you, tell me what my Wilbury name would be, listeners, and tweet it out to me. I think it should be Van Dyke Wilbury with that Van Dyke you got going. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is it's all gray. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you dye the hair. Maybe get some just for men. I, I don't think I have to dye the hair, but do I, I mean, dye the beard? Yeah. I mean, just for What's, men. That's going to look stupid, though, right? It's going to be too dark. Well, it'll be too... Here's what I recommend. Yeah. Dark blonde. I, I was on a set one day, and uh, I have reddish hair that's getting grayer. And uh, I said, what do I do? What kind of hair dye should I go for? And she's like, just get some dark blonde, because it pulls red, and it would go good with your hair. All right. And it's not overly colored, but it makes it uh, better. And then did she say, now let me pull red. <laughs> This show's really gotten it's dirty. All right, so I I picked some songs to play too. Yeah, I uh, I didn't work real hard at it. I went to my iTunes library <laughs> and I typed in the words "stand and up." Yeah, and I have I'm not kidding. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten, I have ten songs that the title of the song is "Stand Up." Really, and they're all all the 
All the titles have that in there? It's just stand up. No, no. That's the title of the song. Really? It doesn't, it's not a, it's not, it's, it's not like stand up for your rights. And okay. No, the song is called Stand Up. That seems weird. So I'm going to play the first one. It's uh, from 1988. That was the year the book started. Yeah. David Lee Roth from the album Skyscraper. This is Stand Up. Here we go. I don't know what he's saying. But the chorus definitely relates to stand-up comedy. Where do you hear it? Here it comes. Right? The guy's a sage. Yeah, the more you do it, the less you fall down. It's true. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth singing Damn his it. gibberish. I don't know what he's Crazy talking about. Thing. You just sing this song, David. Just sing yeah. it. Excedrin headache num- number 65 or whatever he said. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> um, Tis the Season, Chip. The next one's actually a Christmas song yeah. for you. This is um, something I, I did a gig in Kalamazoo. Funny Business. You ever play Funny Business in Kalamazoo at a hill? I think I did. That, that's why I stopped doing stand-up. Once I was the feature act and I was at a club for like my fourth time Yeah. in my head, I just kept, I just thought, well, how many times am I going to come here yeah. and be the feature act? Yeah. And am I not ever going to be the headliner? Maybe I'm not going to be, but I just didn't want to go once again, once I, that was like my limit. Once I was at a club for the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, so what are we doing? Not, not, yeah. What's, what's happening? Uh, what's happening? <laughs> I'm, gonna... I'm just, this isn't, I don't know. I, well, yeah, I get it. You know, and it's, you know, it's only, f- the traveling in the hotel at first is amazing. You're like, fucking hotel? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. For the whole week? Yeah. This is my hotel. When I started, I was like, I was the same way. I, I'm in a different town every week and yeah. I eat out every meal. It's unbelievable. And after about six months, I'm in a different town every week. And yeah. I eat out every meal. And then you get home and just to check your mail and do all your laundry yep. and then head back out. Yeah. That's like when I had when I had roommates in Chicago. It was like uh, a buddy of mine from uh, college, Ed Sagan. I lived with him for almost two years. Fucking great deal for him. Yeah. I was never there. Oh, you, yeah, you split the rent with him. Yeah, yeah, never there. I knew some comics who had like four guys living in one apartment above me and uh, out here, mm-hmm. and it was smart because dudes are on the road all yeah, the time. Yeah, so really that is smart. Only, like two guys living in there, but they're splitting it four ways. Yeah, that is smart. Yeah, but yeah. rents, you know, rent was cheap and. My rent was not expensive in Chicago at That's all true. at that point. But yeah. All right. So go ahead. So Kalamazoo, me. one of my favorite memories of Christmas was uh, in, in Kalamazoo, right outside my hotel window, they had this mall, you know, the, the grass mall mm-hmm. with all the trees and all the lights were strung up in the trees and they had Christmas music playing. And I still to this day, whenever I hear Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, I think of Kalamazoo. And by the way, people people shit on this song. I really like this song. It's a good song. I mean, it has that 80s synthesizer in yeah. it. Yeah. Dink. You know, Ding. you, you get past that, you're fine. But I like it. Yeah. You only have to listen to it once a year, people. Christmas in Kalamazoo. Think of that. Yeah. Oh, that's a movie title. Sounds current. <laughs> Where's the saxophone? <laughs> the moon is right. The spirits are. That's me. I'm snapping. 
Now, when you step back and you look at this book and you look at your resume and all your accomplishments, do you feel good? I do. You should. Yeah. Some people don't. Yeah. Some people don't. We know a lot of folks are like, yeah, what have I done? I'm and look, I'm, I'm proud of my friends who have done stuff. Like I really am. Like I've, I was never a guy that was like, what the fuck? Why, why isn't that happening for me? Yeah. Because, you know, if you take, if you step back and look, you can say, oh, well, it didn't, it, stuff isn't happening for me because I'm not doing the stuff that those guys might be doing. Right. I'm doing other stuff, right. but I'm not, but I was never like jealous of someone getting something that I wasn't getting because I'm like, well. I could I'm see not, where. You, you know might, what I mean? If you're trying to do the same thing, you, I could see where you're like yeah. frustrated or envious. Or and it can, yeah, it can be that way. Yeah. But, but, if, but I've never been like that. I'm always happy when people get stuff. I'm excited when you guys still have auditions and stuff. It's, I get jazzed. It's fun. And the older you get, you realize, uh, it just doesn't, no reason to be upset at anybody for all this stuff. You know, they're just yeah doing their thing. And yeah, they're yeah. not a great comic, but they're not. That was another thing I realized on the road. Get to know the comics you're working with before you see their act. Because sometimes you're like, this dude is the greatest guy, but oh, brother. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh. how come he isn't? Fu- how come he's funny off stage? He should do that on right. stage. What's happening? What's the disconnect here? <laughs> like early, st- I kept my, I kept mentioning that in my book about it. It's like I feel I'm funnier than I am on stage. I need to get more me on stage. And yeah, that's the the big challenge. That like, is the big challenge. How do you do that? And you just yep. keep plugging and plugging and plugging, and then suddenly you're funnier on stage than off, and you're like, yeah, hmm, how that happened? Yeah, and that's I think that's that's what happened with like a guy like Patton Oswalt. Yeah, yeah. He's he's all him on stage now. Or, yeah, he's tr- it's true. Yeah, and and how much success uh, can that guy have? He's on everything. He's on everything. Movies, TV. He's the voice of the Goldbergs guy. Everything. He's, he's the yeah. voice of that Ratatouille. And the thing, yeah, that's right. And that was that was like in the early that yeah. was mid nineties when he got Ratatouille. I think so. And he was on. Let's not forget, uh, King of Queens. Yeah, King of Queens. Remember that he said that's where he learned to act. There's an episode where I guess they dared him to just stand still for an entire scene. Oh yeah, and I think you can find it on YouTube. He just he just stands there. He does. He just like they dared him. It was like you know That's stuff funny. that stuff that guys do, but just just happened to <laughs> get on TV. Maybe Kevin James dared him to do it. I don't know. That's great. But I want people to know that when you try to do anything in entertainment, it's 100 percent risk. <laughs> Right? It's 100% risk. Yeah, it's so... Because there's no... Like, I always say it's easier to become a doctor because you go, well, if I do this, this, and this, then I wanna, I'll be a doctor. And there's no book like that for acting or stand-up or wanting to be a screenwriter or anything like that. Yeah, and my girlfriend, who used to do stand-up too, said, uh, you know, she always thought it was weird that I... Amazing more that I moved out to Los Angeles from Ohio. To me, I was like, well, I already knew guys from the road, so I didn't feel like I was moving out cold. Right. Like you moved to Chicago cold, but I felt Yeah, I fun. did. <laughs> it's like, I know some people out in LA, so it's, I didn't feel like it was that strange. Yeah. But but a bunch of us moved out to LA all at this, in waves, like yeah. over like a year, just every couple months yeah. we came out. But that was, it's kind of cold too. You know what I mean? It but is. We had that community. It's like I moved yeah. in 94 and Gil Martin did and Carla, and then, uh, then you and Pat 
you and Jimmy and Dore, I think, came in 95. And, uh, and then Graham Elwood and... Jack and, Thomas was already out here. Yep. And Regi and... And then Schmitty and yeah. just, just waves and waves of people. Um, what... Uh, and th- those were lean times. We were just... We didn't have anything. Yeah. We just get together and play Monopoly and hot tub it at your hot tub. Hot, sit in the hot a tub with a six pack of beer. We didn't know that you weren't supposed to drink. You, we didn't know you weren't supposed to stay in the hot tub for three hours. Yeah, we just sat there and kept drinking beer. Just, just, co- just cooking. I don't have to go to the bathroom. That's because you sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, I forgot. I keep having th- what I think are amazing uh, thoughts, and yeah. then they just they, they escape dissipate. me. Interesting. Yeah, they escape. Um, <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, let me see if I what, what song I give. Next. Is your next song called Stand Up? It is called Stand Up. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is a song by this is a song by my friend Heather Stewart oh, I love from her that. album What It Is. You know her, right? Stewie? I don't know <laughs> Heather Stewart, do I? She's really good. Yeah? She's really good. Yeah. This is uh this is uh called Stand Up. Let's hear it. Heather's been on the show a bunch of times. She's due to come back on. Her and her friend Leah are very, very funny, and uh, we have a good time when they're on. So I'll have them back. 2023, guys. I know you people have been asking. I get a lot of emails. When's Heather and Leah going to be back? And they'll be back. Promise. I liked her. Yeah, she's good. She's real good. That's my first introduction to her. She's real good. She's really good. singing. Um, well, let me tell you this, Pat. Life on the road is not always easy. <laughs> what? That's true. I was in Springfield, Missouri, and somebody broke into my car. Mm. Well, they steal cassettes. They, they broke it. They didn't get my radio, but they stole all my success motivational tapes. Did you have those? Yeah. Uh, Zig Ziglar? Uh, I had Zig Ziglar that I recorded <laughs> off of a videotape that I uh, rented. Would you really listen to those? And did, yeah. they, did they help you? Oh, well, I mean, I had so much free time in the car driving everywhere that you, I would plow through my tapes. I'd get bored. Like, put this on for a while. Yeah, middle of nowhere, there's no radio stations. Yeah, you, there's no yeah. satellite radio. Yeah, there's a t- there's a points out there where you just don't have radio anymore. Yeah, oh, also I want to stress to people, we had to get places with a fucking map. Yeah, a we, real map. A map. And we, we didn't have a thing on our dashboard that we could glance at that had a, a red line and we just followed it. We, I mean, we would, you had to route out your course, yeah. then kind of guesstimate how long it would take you to get there. I mean- yeah, I don't even like, know how we did it. Like an inch is 200 miles. And you go, well, that looks like 600 miles. And if I go three, 
hours yeah. takes 200 miles probably nine probably hours stop to eat and get gas and <laughs> i i went the wrong place once I was, oh my god i was heading for the wrong place it was like spring lake versus somewhere two different sides of michigan oh, and lord I, I was already committed to this one side and i was like oh damn it i'm in the wrong spot <laughs> and i had to call and i got to the gig late right as larry reeb the headliner getting to the gig up. late late is the best because you're really ready to perform <laughs> you're fried you're you're you, you just you don't even want to do it they started the show and i remember i'm kind of getting the back of the room and i don't know larry at the time didn't know yeah. him at the time but he sees me and, I, and he goes okay i guess your headliner's here <laughs> he was really the headliner and i was the middle act and i was like oh, yeah. sorry larry could so you I, follow him? Well, I, I don't remember, but I just did my time. He was pretty strong. Yeah. At this point, I was like, I just want to go to lay down and take yeah. a shower. You could follow him now because he's still doing the same act. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> I'd be a hmm. Hey, back your mic up a little bit. I'm afraid it's going to fall off the pad. Oh. See? Just yeah. pull it back. Just, it's, you don't have to be precious. There you go. Nice. Uh, All right. But I also had my tape stolen, so then I had to restart my collection, and I restarted it. By going to comedian Bud, Bud Dingman's World Records in uh, A comedian in had a record store? Yeah. I worked with Bud, and he had a little record store on the side. So he, uh, I buzzed. I went up to his house, up to the record store, not his mm -hmm, house. Mm -hmm. I, why would I go to his house? I don't know. So I went to the record store, Bud Dingman's World Records in Kansas, and started with this uh, collection of the from the Elvis Costello, The Greatest Hits, and uh, one of my favorite songs on there, Beyond Belief. All right, let's hear it from Imperial Bedroom, a classic album, Beyond Belief. Cueing it up. Listen to that cymbal work. It's the very bitch that open sits. The clip replies the same defeats. Keep your finger on button issues with crocodile tears and a pocket full of tissues. Just the artist slip and wind the world of a nervous tick. In a very fashionable hovel, I hang around and to be tortured. You'll never be alone in the bone arches. Scrabble with the bottle is nothing so novel. So in this almost empty gin palace, through a two-way looking glass. Beyond belief, good tune. Love it. One of my favorites of his. You and I, we've been to a lot of concerts. We, did we go to here? Elvis together? Ever? No, no. I went with, I've been to Elvis with Siegel a couple times and then with my friend Kevin Hartbarger most recently, just a few months ago. Second I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl and at the Greek. Yeah. I, you, man, I've seen him at all. I've seen him at the Wiltern twice and then out in Thousand Oaks. So I've always okay. been to smaller venues. All right. But you, you tag along with me when I get some freebies. I love it. Uh, oh, who you, who you want to see? Yes, I'm in. I know. It's like, oh, yes. it, how much is it free? I'm there. I'll go. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, They're well, my favorite. I still remember the oldest crowd of people we saw was when we were, at, I believe, Doobie Brothers and Steve Miller Band. Right, at the Greek. And there, the, yeah, it was at the Greek. And the, yeah. I thought everyone was 80, yeah. except the, for us. Well, I also think that we were probably the old people too. You know, they were a little bit older. But there was like, who's that old guy? And I'm like, I bet that guy's our age. <laughs> you're looking in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, dude, you're that, old, huh? That's my reflection. You with the dark blonde dye in your hair. Oh, yeah, sorry. When I go to shows, you know, those shows now, and the crowd is so old, I do think, you know, it's like when I was in a stand-up at the club for the fourth time. I do think, the, I'm like, <laughs> how much longer am I coming to concerts? I remember you saying that. You're yeah. like, I think I've seen all the shows I need to I see. I mean... <sighs> But it's fun. It. Is, I mean, 
free. free. Especially for me, yeah. I mean, I got to, uh, I went to that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony because one of my listeners and friend, Nick, Nick Bamback, gave me tickets. I heard that. It's amazing. It was amazing. That's a huge gift. It was ridiculous. Then you get to hang out with Chrissy Stratton and get uh, drunk on margaritas in a can. Can't beat it. Wait, they have canned margaritas? They do have canned margaritas. What is this? This was at the, uh, what was the place called? Microsoft. It was the Microsoft. I don't know what it's called now. It's across from Staples. Oh, okay. I think it's the Chip Chinnery Ectoplex. Okay, now I remember it. Now I remember it. Yeah, makes sense. Let me see if I have another song. Is it called Stand Up, this song? (laughs) This song is called Stand Up. And this is, uh, no, you know what? I'm going to play this. I'm going to play, did you have a hype song that you would listen to before the show? I didn't. To get you hyped up? But I, I have one I like, but I don't, I didn't officially have one. Because okay. I'd have to. Well, I had one and it's, it, it's the cheesiest bullshit ever. <laughs> it's from, it's by Michael Bolton. Oh, really? It's called Hometown Hero. And this would fire you up for the show? Yeah, because this is about, you know, this is about a guy from, he's going to be the hometown hero because he's going to, he's going to make it. It, whatever it is sweet so this is pretty cheesy but this is what this is what it was folks i don't lie on this show i tell the <laughs> truth i don't care you make fun of me 1983 hometown hero this is rockin' bolton <laughs> There you go, buddy. Hometown hero. That's my hype song. Give it up for Pat Francis. Coming to the stage. Out in the car, listening to that on a cassette. Yeah. Then going inside. Have Larry Reeb yell at you. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many states did you do stand-up in? 42. Yeah, I think that's what mine is, too. I still have eight. And I actually, a couple years ago, went to New York, and I was like, I actually went as far as, and I haven't done stand-up in a few years. <laughs> I went as far as connecting with a place I could do it in Rhode Island and Vermont and Delaware. And I was like, I could hit the four states there that I need. And there was one other one. Uh, Road, Delaware, Rhode Island, need Vermont. I need. Like it's, I got to collect These them. are the four I have not bombed in. Yeah. <laughs> I need to bomb in I haven't four. been on stage in 10 years, so get a load of this. What? Who's Tiffany? I don't know. What would it take to get you, and this question is for me too, to just like if someone said, tonight we're, g- we're going to go to stand up tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. With no prep. We're just going. Would it be new jokes or old jokes? Well, what, whatever comes to your mind. I had, the last two times I did stand-up, it happened like that. I was at Flappers in Burbank, and I was with Siegel hanging out for like the San Francisco Bay comedy Hey, you want to go up, Chip? And they go, hey, can you do time? Somebody didn't show up. I'm like, uh, yeah, how much time? When was that? It was 13 years ago. Oh, okay. And I was like, but I hadn't done it for also, I hadn't done it for like five years. I can't even believe years. Flappers has been around for 13 years. Yeah, I hadn't done it for like five years, and then this and I was asked to do it, and I was like, uh, sure. And then I did it. Oh, my God. I'd be but it was like my five pants. minutes, and I was like, Seagull, did it look crazy? He goes, you look like you're normal. Because you realize I've done the jokes thousands of times. Yeah. 
And so it looked it looked okay. You didn't go off book. Um, I didn't come up with a but new. But could thought. you imagine tonight? They would just like they go. Someone pulled up right now, and they go, "You two, gunpoint. You two, go do it. Let's go. We're going to improv. Do I have to do well? <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I could do it, but I haven't. I yeah, say, I don't I know what I would here. talk about. Yeah, because there's so much you just. Yeah, I, so I just I don't. I, I would probably end up telling stories than jokes. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. In writing this book, I'm like, I had some good jokes, and then I started writing down ideas for other jokes, and I'm like, I don't know, should I ever do this again? I guess I guess I would need new material, so I have a few jokes that aren't finished. I remember when I got uh, I got booked to do. I went back to Pennsylvania to visit my family, and I I and I got I called around, and I got I got one of the local colleges, St. Francis College, to book me to do stand up. Yeah, and um. They said, what's your rate? And I said, $5,000. And they said, well, we only have 900 in the budget. I go, well, I'm coming home anyway, so I'll do it for 900. First of all, I, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't believe they went for that. And it was, uh, it was, I believe, during the day. Perfect. And, um, and my parents could not believe that I was going to go up to St. Francis College and get paid nine hundred dollars for like a half hour what year was this oh geez uh, but you were still after, doing it yeah it was after i lived in chicago okay. maybe 90 okay some 91 so you're still you still had chops yeah 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 i wasn't i wasn't afraid to book myself i mean they didn't get a 900 hundred dollar show they certainly <laughs> didn't i mean yeah but again i also don't know sometimes if i was on par with everyone else that came through I think so. I think uh, it's like... Because um, it was in like a... I don't know. It was Cafeteria, just, right? It was like a rec room, it yeah. seemed like. They're awful. They have yeah. so much money, they spend it, and usually the person attending it, or the two people who put it together yeah. on the from the concert board. And like, I'm sorry, it's not a good turnout, but thank you for coming. You're really funny. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, great. I'll take the money. I'll take the money. But, you know, doing corporate gigs, I used to pursue those because it was mm-hmm. good money. And yeah. like... You know, the same show I would do for the nurses who, mm-hmm. hey, we have $100 and it's our Christmas party. Would you do half an hour? I'd go, sure. But if it's Procter & Gamble or Johnson & Johnson, it's 5000 Oh, we only have 4500 Okay. You know, just uh, <laughs> I know the deeper pockets, you got to yeah. take a chance. It's just, um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I don't think you did any, you probably did just as well as anybody. I just, I... It was probably a great show. If anyone has it on tape, let's release it. <laughs> Pat Francis live in concert. Um, I also, and you don't, I don't think you know this story, Chip, but people that have listened to the show, I've told this story before. Um, I was in Ohio, uh, staying with my friend from high school and his wife, uh, Jim Schultz. Schultz. And he had, uh, yeah, I was going to perform at the Naval base or the Army base, whatever base was in Ohio. Yeah. And, um, he was in Wright pharma- Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, maybe Dayton, Ohio. He was in a he was in pharmaceutical sales, so he would he would have to go on base to do stuff like weekly. So I'm staying in his house, and he's coming to the show with me. So we're driving up, and we're going to go through the security gate. Yeah. And he goes, uh, "Do you have a Do you have a pass or anything? What do you have?" I go, "I don't have anything." And he's like, "Well, it's really hard to get in here." He goes, "Every time I, I've been here a million times, and they always give me the runaround. I can never." Get in here. I got to show ID. They have to call my boss. They have, a, and I go. Well, we'll see what happens when you're up there. He goes. I don't think we're going to get in if you don't have some written type of thing. I'm like, well, we'll just see. So we pull up and roll down the window, and 
<laughs> the guy goes, yeah, can I help you? I go, yeah, I'm the comedian tonight. He goes, oh yeah, go on. And he just lifted up. <laughs> and my friend was so pissed. He's like, I can't fucking believe that. Yeah. He goes, I cannot believe that. We're the comedians. Is get he, goes, you so didn't, he goes, you didn't even show your ID. You didn't even give your name. Yeah. I go, well, there's a comedian. There's a comedy show tonight. I'm the comedian. Yeah. You're going to hold up the show? How many people are going to come up and say that? No one's going to say that. Yeah. Then I listened to my hype song and I did mediocre. Um, What's your next tune? Oh, is it me? I forgot. We got taken away by us. Uh, this next tune is a song by Johnny Cash. Uh, this was a song that was parodied by a comedian I worked with. I'd actually never heard the song until this parody, and I was like, damn, that's a really good parody, Bob Larson from Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> I thought it was a really Shout good song. Shout out to Bob Larson. And he's like, no, it's not. It's a parody of the Johnny Cash song, I Eat. I his John Bob Larson's song was I Eat Everywhere. Okay. Because he would Was he heavy? Off, uh no, but he would he would rattle off a hundred different restaurants. Oh. That's and always a that's always a nice trick you can do. And yeah. people all of a sudden people are like, he's naming a bunch of stuff. You if you can name a bunch of things yeah. fast, which and, and if you can do use music to do it, that's yep. fantastic. Then you put it on a t shirt. Your headline. I, I, I get it. I don't blame anyone anymore for doing it. I no. think like, that seems like a cheating. But hey, what are you gonna do? What so, you, yeah. It works. Johnny, Johnny Cash uh, started. It's really Johnny Cash's fault for starting it with yeah. the song. Here we go. I've been everywhere from '96. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road when along came a semi with a high-end canvas-covered load. If you're going to Winnemucca Mac with me, you can ride. It sounds like he's just tuning his guitar. So I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand And I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man Across the deserts, bare man, I breathe the mountain air, man I travel, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, McDonald's, what if, what Wendy's. If, what if you wrote, I bombed everywhere, and then he just <laughs> named all that? But uh, you can find Bob's on YouTube. I know he has this song out there, so look for look Bob it up. Larson. Lots of stuff I to look everywhere. up. There's going to yeah. be a lot of stuff to look up in conjunction with this episode. <laughs> um did you ever work with uh, Jerry Grossman, the human jukebox? Yeah, get your, I, I would say bring your nickels, folks. Next week, Jerry Grossman, the human <laughs> jukebox, will be here. Now, he would claim that he knew, like, I don't know, thousands of songs. Yeah. But here's how this would work every night when I worked with him. <laughs> At the end, he would be like, just throw out any song. Just name, just everyone just yell songs out. And so people yelling everything, and he'd go, do I hear Credence? No. No I one like said it. no one said Credence Clearwater Revival. And then he would just go, he would just play a Credence song. And then people would yell, and then he'd be like, Do I hear Pink Floyd? It's, no, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, they keep yelling. You keep hearing the same thing every show, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. What the heck? You're not really a jukebox. I still remember he gave me like a two page intro. Oh, did he? And he goes, and you have to read it word for word. And I just went, I'm not reading this. <laughs> <laughs> this might be why I didn't succeed. I don't remember I just, that intro thing. Oh my god, it was obnoxious. It was maybe like stop doing it. <laughs> maybe I put a stop it's to like, it. Listen, dude. <laughs> but I would just like I'm like pick five. But I'm I'm like I can't. I'm not reading this every night. This is this is ridiculous. He and I worked together in Traverse City, Michigan, at the other place. 
in case anybody out there wants to. That's it. Was, called, was it called the other place? I think it was called the other place. Yeah, I was in a condo with him for a week and didn't say one word to him. Oh, <laughs> well, you didn't read his intro. No, I just <laughs> I hated being in the in the condo with the headliners. Did you? I hated it. I always thought it was like a clubhouse. <sighs> you would think it would be. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't working with the best of the best. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, it's, sometimes it's weird. Like I had worked with a, a magician named Tex Walker and Tex wore a cowboy hat. All right. And that was the, ex, that was it for that any was part it. of mentioning of being a cowboy That's or a it. Texan. He was just Tex Walker and right. wore a cowboy hat. And then he was a magician the rest of the way. And he had knocked on my door once in the condo. I was like, Hey man, uh, could you help me? My bunny is stuck under the bed and I'm going to, I've got it pushed into the corner with a broom. Would you just reach your hand down there and grab it? And I'm like, reach my hand down to grab a cornered wild animal? No. No. How about I hold the broom? And, and you then, do it. And he held, put his hand up. Ow, he got bit. He got bit by his oh own my bunny. God. What? I knew it was coming. Uh, did you ever work with Gent Monk? Uh, no, but I'm aware of him. He became a hypnotist. He did. Uh, when I worked with him, he would close the show. Um. Well, no, yeah, he would, no, he would have the waitress bring up a tray of shots every show, but they weren't, they were fake. Nice. They were fake shots. And he'd do shots? Yeah, he would do shots. Show? Yeah. So the last show of the week, we, it was me, it was me and Bill Hudson, and we just said, real shots. <laughs> and we paid the waitress, we go, you take up real shots tonight. <laughs> and he hit the first one and he was like, Fuck. <laughs> and he was fucking hammered by the end because people then would go like it would sell drinks well right? yeah but he was like after he did the one real one he wasn't going to go to the tray of shots anymore but then the audience is like Dude, hey i thought you were going to do a show oh, okay oh, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just just all like everything like gin <laughs> like oh. stuff that you don't want to do shots oh. of we're just like mix it up a whole tray of <laughs> bullshit and take it up they're like, all right. No wonder he became a hypnotist. Yeah. He was fucked up. All right. What's your next tune? I'm not going to play another one. That's right all right. Now. I got one for you that I worked with uh, Paul Kozak. He was a magician. Talking about magicians. Good dude out of uh, Pittsburgh originally. The, the, but he, I worked with him at the Punchline in Sandy Springs, Georgia. And he had this really cool song. And I don't know. He turned something from like a chicken into a hat. I don't know what he did. <laughs> but it was, it was a really cool song. I was like, what is that song? And it was by Thomas Dolby. And this is that song, The Ability to Swing. The Ability to Swing. I've never heard this song. It's from the album Aliens Ate My Buick, 1988. You can imagine him turning something from something into something else with this Everybody music. Yeah. thinking, thinking pretty hard. Everybody thinking about singing from the heart. If you are my opinion, it doesn't mean a thing. If you haven't got that ability to swing Yeah, the ability to swing Everybody working, working pretty hard Everybody working, at singing from the heart If you are my opinion, it isn't worth a bean If you ain't in possession, the ability to swing Oh, the ability to swing Science! Is that the same song? Uh, same guy, right? Uh, a friend of Pilar's will do karaoke and he'll request Blinded Me With Science and he only sings the science part. That's it's funny. really funny. It is. And you would think, well, after the second time he does it, it's done. But no. He keeps doing it, it every keeps, time. He does it every time until the song's over. It's and really people, funny. Look, look at this. He's just going to not he's sing. He's going to do, yep. 
Uh, makes me angry. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, did you ever work with any ventriloquists on the road? Ever work with Bob Rumba? I didn't work with Bob, and I don't think I worked with any ventriloquists. What was Bob? Oh, I did. I did, work, I did work with Ken Casey and and Duck, or Ken Duck was his Ken, puppet just a duck? <laughs> yeah, Ken Casey and Duck or something. His duck. How was he? The ventriloquist always headlines because it's got a building gimmick. You can't follow a duck. I forget who Bob, I think Bob Rumba's dummy was Darby, I think. Yeah? Bob Rumba and Darby, maybe. But Bob was not a good ventriloquist. Like, he'd be like, uh, he would be like, I'm Bob Rumba and this is my friend Darby. And then Darby would be like, Hello, Gog Ranga. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> that's awful. Was he doing a parody of a good ventriloquist? No, 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 he was not. Oh. No, he was not. Well, I worked with him a bunch of times when I opened. Yeah. And then finally I was working with him and I was the feature. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> but there was no opener that night. Mm-hmm. So they just, like the guy who owns the bar brought you up. Nice. And Bob's like, who's going to bring my puppets up and stuff and all that stuff. And the guy's like, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then he sees that I'm his feature and he goes, Oh, Pat, you've worked with me, worked with me many times. You can do it. And I just, again, I went, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not, I'm the feature. I'm not gonna, I, I worked up to be the feature. Now I'm not gonna be. Puppet wrangler. Yeah. I'm not gonna do your, I'm not gonna be your lackey. No. That's. And he was, again, so mad, so angry. <laughs> so many of my stories are with me saying, I'm not doing that. And then the, the other comic being so angry. I worked with a guy, I don't even know his name. Uh, and again, I'm a feature. Yeah. So it was like, it was. I think it was maybe it was a week or one night. Or, I don't know. But first week, first one night, or I don't even, I don't watch his act. I don't even care what the, I don't care what the headliner does. Right. I just wanted to get back to my, Order a pe- eat a whole eat a whole, <laughs> pizza, a whole pizza by myself, and just and just relax because I it probably took me eight hours to drive there. Did the show now I just want to go chill. Right. And the next day he goes, "Hey man, you didn't watch my act last night." I go, "No, I went back to the hotel. I watched your act." I go, "Well, you're the headliner, so <laughs> kind of oh, had boy. to." And he's like, "You should watch my act." I go. I got to be honest with you. I'm not going to see your act until we're doing two shows on the weekend, and I'll see it you know, the first show before the second show. But I go, <laughs> he's like, that's not cool. And I'm like, well, oh, I, don't, well. I don't know what to tell you. Why do I have to see your act? You'll be fine. It'll be okay. I don't want to see your, I don't care. Yeah. I know what I was going to say earlier. When I moved out here from, when we moved out here to LA from Chicago, I remember going to the improv. I didn't, I wasn't going on stage. I was just going to see the show after moving here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to see the best of the best right now. Right. right. I thought, I thought this is going to be, this is what I have to, this is what I have to build myself up to, to get stage time up here. And I was wildly underwhelmed with the show. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the same stuff that I've been seeing for the past six years. I came out here 10 years before I moved out here, like 85 in the summer. And I went to the improv just to see a show. Yeah. And it was fantastic. 
Seinfeld, Dennis Miller, yeah, Marsha Waterfield. Well, yeah, that's incredible. Taylor Negron, yeah. uh, Tom, uh, Pete what, Townsend, I forget. His, uh, Pete Townsend, Daltrey. Pete Townsend came. It was like one after another. Yeah, it was and fantastic. Like, what the fuck? The Wayans is. Yeah, but it's just, it's changed. It's just. Yeah. And it's still changed. Yeah, I was just like, this is. I'm you don't ever know what you're going to get. Disappointed in what's happening here. For a while there, they'd have other people book the night. It made it easier. Yeah. So it's like, well, who's booking it? Oh, well, it's it's this group that's going to do stand up. Yeah. So it's not improv approved people. No, 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 just some people. We just want to eh, get people in the seats, trick yeah. them, trick them into buying two drinks and having a miserable time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I thought this were all the great people. Came. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, guys. It's a business. It's a business. Come on Friday, Saturday. We'll have a better show then. Uh, did huh? you meet? Uh, did you meet uh, Bud Friedman who just passed? I hugged Bud awkwardly on evening at the Improv. Mm. Because they said, uh, you know, you do evening at the improv and uh, they want you to hug Bud. He mm-hmm. steps out of the audience and in the hallway he hugs you and you move on with your lives. And I'd forgotten that. <laughs> and it was my first time doing TV and I was, I did well, although I was panicked. And if you look at me on TV, you don't, you don't think I'm panicked, but I was. So I was so happy <laughs> when my set ended and I just came off the stage and I was making a beeline home. So I'd forgotten about hugging him and I just kind of ran into him at oh, oh hey what's up and i shook his hand and i kind of gave him the triangular handshake oh my god hand on his back it's not quite a hug it's not no. quite a shake i completely forgot so i didn't really hug him but i kind of hugged him all right and i i had flown to um chicago to first time i ever flew i flew from pennsylvania to chicago just for the night to participate in the johnny walker yeah contest so i got to uh where was that? In Chicago? I think they did it at Second City, on the Second City stage. I did it one year at the Can improv. I put that on my resume that I performed on the Second City stage? Put finalist. So I Second met City. so I met him afterwards and got my picture taken with him. If I can find it, I'll put it up with this uh, episode. Yeah. Because I know it's around. Um, what else am I going to say? Let's play another song. Sure. And then I got a question for you after that. Let's play a song about, well, a lot of time you think on the road, Pat. <laughs> A lot of time to think, a lot of driving. Yep. And, uh, a lot of driving. A lot of thinking about old ladies you might have loves in the past that didn't come together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a song that I always, when I started hearing it on the radio, reminded me of this because it's a guy who runs into his old lady, an old girlfriend in the grocery store. He's mm-hmm. become a star. I don't know if I have it queued up where I have it queued up to, but let's find out. All right. Dan Fogelberg, same old things. Rock and peace, Dan. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think. Met my old oh, yeah. love. Work. Yep. The snow was falling Christmas Eve. This guy died too early. Is he dead? Oh, yeah. Diagnosed in 2004 with advanced prostate cancer. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we, we outlived him. He died at 56. Oh, boy. 2007. Well, he That's had a rough. good run. He had a, he has a song that's still going. This one. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was wildly popular where I attended college. Yeah. 
like everyone had Dan Fogelberg albums. Really? I think he was a re I think he was a regional success around the country and he might not have been a global or a, you know what I mean? He huh. had, he had a couple big songs, right. but I think there were pockets of the country where he was really big and, and my college was one of those pockets. <laughs> Which college again? I went to St. Vincent college in Latrobe, PA. It's where the Steelers have their training camp. They still do. Is that where they make Rolling Rock? They make Rolling Rock there. Um, Fred Rogers was from there, I believe. Oh, Arnold Palmer might be from there. Uh, Rolling Rock, we never drank in college because we were like, it's fucking town beer. Oh, okay. Had to get some Coors, which yeah. is hard to get at the time. Or Yingling. Oh, yeah. Bring some Yingling in. But the Rolling Rock thing, we never drank that. We thought that was fucking piss. <laughs> and then I'm not a big beer drinker anyway. But then I moved to Chicago. I'm in a bar. It's like seven bucks a bottle. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's fancy beer. That's, why, because the bottle's green? It's like we had, I know there's a lot of beers out there nowadays, but we had Cincinnati. Is there? Yeah. The people, <laughs> they make beer. Really? I, I hate the IPAs. I know. Oh, I don't like an them. IPA. IPA is like taking a fistful of pennies and swishing it around in your oh, mouth. Oh, it's gross. Ugh. But we had Hudipole in Cincinnati. We had Shaneling. We had Little Kings. We had Burger Beer. We had Wiedemann, yeah. all these local beers. Yeah. I like a pussy beer. Like, I like a Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. I like a nice. Yeah. Uh, how about a Pacifico? Or my favorite, of course, is the Blue Moon with the Hefeweizen. Uh, like a Guinness? No, thank you. I'm not. I'm not good with beer. No, no. Give me a. Give me a cocktail. Give me a margarita in a can. <laughs> I love a cocktail, though. Oh yeah, it's easy. It's uh, so at some great. point in your life, beer just fills you up. And you're like, oh, I don't want to drink that again. I want something that tastes so good that I don't even know there's alcohol in it. Margarita. A mai tai. Something sweet, something that, sorry ladies, something a girl would want with an umbrella. Seven and seven. Some fruits in there. Seven and seven. Jack and Coke I love. Yeah, that's a good one. I turn into this character. Jack and Coke I love. <laughs> hey, Pat, you drinking? I Damn love Jack right. and Coke. I got a Jack and Coke on there. Um, speaking of, oh, now I never got to do this, and I don't know if you ever did. Did you ever open for any musical artists? I did. I uh, I opened for... Stanley Clark in 1993. I don't know if that's one of his songs. I know he plays bass, though. I have a picture with him. He's holding his bass. Is that in the book? Yeah. No, it's not in the book. No, because that wasn't your first year. No, no one's booking you to open for them the first year. Ding, ding. All right, who else? I also opened for Donny Osmond in 1991. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. Is that a dead on? That's dead on, right? That sounded really good. All right. And that was 1991. And then in 1993, I, I also opened for Lou Rawls. You'll never find a better opening act than mine. <laughs> did you, uh, and did you have a conversation with these guys? You I, got to. Uh, Donnie was just very nice and cordial. Hey, Donnie, may I get a picture? Yeah, sure. And then we snapped a picture and it was gone. Gee but whiz. I, you know, but that's fine. And then uh, Stanley Clark was nice, but I, he was gone as well. But then Lou Rawls. Was Stanley Clark's crowd your crowd? No. And uh, I don't know why I... Because I would, I would pursue this. It's not like Bogart's, the club in Cincinnati, yeah. asked for me. Yeah. I would see that somebody big's coming. And I was at the point in my career where I was trying to add things to my resume. Sure. Like, that's oh, that's a go-getter. He's open for Stanley Clark and Donny Osmond. Right. What? He does every audience. And I remember getting off just before. Like, I felt the audience come getting... For Stanley Clark, they're starting to not... They're starting to chat too much, and they were yeah. they were done with me. So they I were got done off quickly. with you. Wow! And uh, but Lou Rawls, I opened for at the Jazoo in Cincinnati, the outdoor amphitheater. It's called the Jazoo. It was a concert at the zoo for jazz. Oh, okay. And uh, so he he was very nice. And uh, before the show, we we're chatting, and I said, "Hey, well, uh, break a leg." And he goes, "Well, you know what? 
we don't say break a leg anymore because uh, somebody said break a leg to Peg Leg Jones, and he went up on stage and he broke his leg. So we just say have a good time. I'm like, <laughs> okay. well, have a good time, Lou. I'm sorry, Lou. I didn't know. <laughs> so that's I, I say have a good time now. Lou, couldn't you just have said okay? <laughs> Thank he, you. And he wouldn't have told me about Peg Leg Jones. I know, and he wouldn't have that nice story for us right now. <laughs> Peg Leg Jones. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, I remember I went to see The Kinks in 96. I moved out here in 95. must have been 94. Went to see the Kinks in Merrillville, Indiana. Yeah, at that what was that place called? Star some Star, Star Theater. Star Light outside Theater. of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a comedy club in the hotel, but then yeah. they had real concerts at this place because I, I saw Alice Cooper and Judas Priest. But I said I go to see the Kinks. Never saw the Kinks. Mm-hmm. It's like half full. I can't believe it. It's not even a big that big of a place, but it's like half full. Really? But so uh, you know, waiting for the show. They don't have an opener until. They bring out the comedians going to open for him, uh, Ken Severa. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bob Rumba. Nope, Ken Severa. Gog Ranga. Please welcome <laughs> Gog Ranga. Um, Ken Severa comes out, and I was like, the first thought was, ah, oh, if I would have known Ken was opening, yeah, I would have called him, and I could be meeting the Kinks probably. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he comes out, and he's not doing well at all. Not doing well at all. But his. Uh, his signature bit was doing Harry Carey. I remember. So he goes into Harry Carey and he's getting huge laughs. Uh-huh. He's killing. Yeah. He's doing great. That always did really well. Yes. And then after Harry Carey, he should have got off the stage. Yeah. Nope. Came right back into material. And now people are like, boo, get off the stage. I mean, I was like <laughs> sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is rough. Like they were, everyone was like screaming. Bring out the king. I was like, wow. No one in that room was there to see a comedian. No, but if you're getting laughs, get off. No one's going to say, hey, you you owe us five more minutes. Yeah. He always went short anyway on his time. Like, <laughs> now would have been the night. So anyway. Pull up after Harry Carey. Um, so did you do well in front of Donnie? Yeah, it was mostly women, you know, in their 40s yeah. probably. You know, so they were fans of his from so you- their youth. So then what happened after the show? Damn right. Yeah. Hook, uh, hooking, hey, ladies, I'm one of the comics. Hooking it up. Donnie, I can get a get you a meeting with Donnie. <laughs> what um what did we make back then? Like you were just a feature too, right? Yeah. Were you just featuring? What do we make? In the book I tell exactly how much I make every gig. <laughs> I do. Uh, what's the what's the most you made for a week featuring? Featuring was always six hundred bucks. All right. It was five fifty to six hundred for eight shows, so it was like seventy five bucks a show as a middle actor feature act. Headliner was double that. Did you have the balls to ask for more money like your second time in? I tried. Um, I always thought that was immediately going to be a no and we're not booking you. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had one booker. I I wanted to get booked back and I said, can I get some more money? He's like, or no, booker wanted to cut my money. (laughs) And I was like, and I paused because I was like weighing all the, do I say to hell with you you owe me right. what we agreed to or what and then she said a lot of comics need the weeks 
Yeah. I was like, oh, you're a lovely person. Yeah, they had us over a barrel. Yeah, we were yeah, we were over a barrel, so you took what they gave you. You had to. And openers got 250 to 300 bucks a week, but uh, you were brand new, so... Eh, yeah, you, you got your own hotel room. Yeah, you got a place to perform and get better and while you eked out a living and try to keep going. I liked working with the headliners that were making good money, but they were just like local headliners, you know what I mean? Yeah. Road comics. And they would spend like so much of their money before they got home. I'm like, your wife is going to kill you. <laughs> I worked like, with them. Yeah. Because yeah. they would make like 1200 1400 a week right. if they're just a regular guy. They must not have told their wives what they were making. They yeah. must have said, I'm making 900 And then they would spend 300 on booze and other chicks. Because I saw that uh, a yeah. lot. That happens. Yeah. I, uh, like I worked, the, remember one guy was a middle act. He wanted the headline. And so he's, I remember just, I thought it was sad because he was groveling at when he was buying oh man these t-shirts are awesome oh look at the logo that you guys made at this club this is fantastic oh i got to get a couple of these sweatshirts too he spent like a few hundred dollars on on club on merch swag club merch because he wanted them all to go back and say oh this guy was fantastic yeah there were, we, we would always call there was guys we would call pizza comics who would buy pizza for the staff at the end of the week <laughs> We're like, oh, that, because it would be funny. We'd be like, hey, do you ever work with blah, blah, blah? Oh, yeah, he's a pizza comic. A pizza comic? What's that? I go, that's a guy that's not good, and he oh. buys the staff pizza at the end of the week. They're like, oh, my God, yeah, we have a bunch of guys that do that. But they wow. just told us, like, hey, we had a great week. We love the staff. Mm. Mm. Were you funny? No. You know who? Uh, pizza comic. I've, I was talking to Kathleen Madigan. Hashtag pizza comic. Hashtag pizza comic. Not, not Kathleen Madigan. She's no, amazing. No, no, no she's yeah. very good. But she told me, I said, yeah. When the Funny Bone would book, I know the day they were going to book, and she would send over a couple dozen donuts, a couple dozen donuts to the booking office. I was like, "Damn it! Why didn't I think of that?" Wow, that's a great idea. That is a good idea. Whose call gets picked up first? Kathleen's calling. Hey, Kathleen. hey, Kathleen! Thanks for the crawlers. Des Moines, Davenport, <laughs> Boise. Where else can we put you? Fantastic. <laughs> oh, we need, fantastic. we need to get you. Do you have New Year's booked yet? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Damn it, Kathleen! That's a great idea." Apply <laughs> them with sugar. What's your next tune? Uh, let's go with uh, something uh, kind of a similar line. I, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and in the 70s, WKRP was the TV show. And again, it was a story about a guy. Now, keep talking, because I got to find this song, because this is not oh. it's not downloadable. You can't purchase it, so I got to find it on YouTube. You okay, keep talking, keep though. keep talking. So being uh, the show came on in like 78 to 83 or 82, so it was when I was in high school, and I loved it. And uh, I love the show. I love the fact that it was based in Cincinnati. I realized they were shooting it in Studio City in California, but it just felt right. They had all the memorabilia on the walls from the Reds and the Bengals and all my teams and Xavier University, and they'd make references. So I loved it. And then the theme song I actually liked as a song. Well, I liked the song that they put on the before the TV show. Right. And then uh, it was about a guy who's uh, another type of thing. He's, hey, I'm, I'm living on the air. It's about a girl, and he... He broke up with this girl to follow his dream, yep. and that's kind of what I was doing, following my dream. All right, let's hear it. From YouTube. Is it going to play? Oh, yeah. This is the rock and roll. Yeah, this might be the single version. I don't know. But this is what I got. Baby, if you've ever wondered. Is this the original guy? Yeah. Wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati Cincinnati WKRP Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking Town to town, up and down the dial Maybe you and me were never meant to be 
maybe think of me once in a while. That's all you need to know there. <laughs> now, we're recording this episode on November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving. So people, remember, tomorrow at WKRP, they're going to be having a turkey drop. <laughs> they're going to be giving away turkeys, and you're going to want to get down there and get yourself a bird. Hand to God, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> Classic episode. Yeah. Classic. I did uh, an episode of uh, That 70s Show, and Tim Reed, who played Venus Flytrap. Oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. was on the same episode, so I was able to say, eventually, you know, uh, I'm from Cincinnati. Mm, and he said, yeah, everybody I run into is. <laughs> okay. Everybody from Cincinnati wants to tell me how they're from Cincinnati. Who's the biggest celebrity you've met in your travels? Uh, well, maybe it's Clint Eastwood. Probably, right? Clint Eastwood? I mean, he Jerry spans... Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, the listed as the richest actor of all time, just from his acting income, not even the TV show money, or, the, or maybe it's all. Overall. I mean, they just consider him an actor because he right. acted on the sitcom for nine years. And he's worth a he's worth a billion dollars. Does he just laugh when he thinks about that? He doesn't even consider the price on anything ever. Never. What would that be like? It's remember when we saw the uh, the uh, what was it? Coffee. What's this show? Comedians getting coffee. Comedians in cars getting, cars coffee. getting coffee. Yeah, with Sarah Jessica Parker, and they went to a diner, and then he tips her. He tips, and he's like, "She looks at the tip. She goes, oh my gosh, you're tipping that much.'" And he goes, "Look, everybody in this place is going to go home and say you wouldn't guess who came to the diner today, Sarah Jessica Parker and Jerry Seinfeld." And then they're going to say, "How much did he tip?" So yes, I'm tipping that much money because he has a billion dollars, and that that doesn't mean he tips that much all the time. But the cameras are on. Yeah, I bet he's an easy hundred dollars, right? Right. I remember for $2 worth of coffee. I remember when I used to listen to Howard Stern, this was when uh, I think Melissa Rivers got married and him and Robin both went to the wedding. And then um, it was the week after the wedding and they were talking, Howard was asking Robin what, what she gave Melissa for wedding gift. Mm -hmm. And they both gave Melissa money and Robin gave more. Really? And, yeah. And Howard's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you gave more than I did. He's like, do you know how bad that makes me look? She's like, I just gave what I thought I should give. He's like, I didn't give that much. What do I do now? Do I go, oh, do I go, oh, you know what? I forgot. It got oh. messed up and I got to. How much is not enough though? That's another thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, they have play money. They have a lot of money. The, um, there's a Sarah Silverman episode too, where he gets uh, comedians in cars and he gets up to go to the bathroom and Sarah grabs the check and she just looks at the camera. And she goes, I want to see what he does. And she she just looks and she goes, oh, that's that's very nice. That's very nice. <laughs> so that's hundreds, uh, maybe. Yeah, a few hundred bucks. I mean, if the if the bill's fifty and you if the bill's fifty and you tip fifty, that's good, that's right? Tremendous. That's tremendous. That's a hundred percent tip. But obviously, he's going over and above that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he has to. I mean, he just has to because he has free money and he has so much money that even if he put and he still makes money. If he puts, yeah, if, if, yeah, I get I get residual checks from Seinfeld, and I did one. I was a co-star. I was the smallest role in that show, mm -hmm. and I've made twenty five grand. And he, I don't know. I don't he was know. the writer, producer, yeah. creator, actor. Yeah, I didn't get paid twenty five grand. I got paid fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and then they've they've sold it to Hulu for oh. a run and Netflix for a run, and it's just never going. It's never been. I don't think it's been released on Blu Ray disc, so they could still do that if oh, they really? wanted to. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, they just, you know, Excuse whatever me. they want to do. He's burped in the microphone. I apologize. You're professional, uh, professional comedian. 
I apologize. I hope you will take that out in editing. Right? True. Editing. No. True or false? This is when. This is when the stand-up set is going poorly. I'm going to say. I'm going to use a phrase, and you. Okay. You tell me if this is when. This is the tell when it's going really bad. I think I know what you're going to say, but let's hear it. Uh, so so what what else is going on? That's exactly what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> what so else, what is, else going is going on? What do you or what do you or even worse? What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> oh boy. Oh. oh. I uh, in the book I talk about Brian Regan. We were, we were having a tough time in Niagara Falls, and it was a time when Andrew Dice Clay was big. And he says, "So what do you guys want to talk about?" And he goes, "Dice." <laughs> so he did his donut lady bit. Okay. With, peppered with f bombs throughout it. <laughs> Brian Regan, clean cut Brian yeah. Regan. Anyway, it was just that. Just, I just thought of that. Dice, dice. Yeah, even great comics have tough times. Yeah, and Brian was still great then. Yeah, just like, he was always so great. It was so, so much fun to on? watch. Oh, what else going on? Oh, jeez, poor Brian. Yeah, there were guys that would come into the funny firm, which was like the the club that I liked to frequent in Chicago. There were, you know, there was Zanies and there the Improv and, but Funny Firm just I don't know had kind of like a I don't know a looser vibe for yeah. some reason. But, you know, Rich Jenny would come in and we would always go see him and Brian Regan would come in and whenever Bill Hicks was there, we Hicks would want to go. There. Yeah, so, I mean, just, uh, yeah, we got to see these. I yeah. think I, I'm, I think I'm there, I, I'm almost positive I was there the night that Hicks wa- walked a bunch of people. Like, it's, like, when you see that clip, it's the funny firm. Yeah, it's yeah. the big, crazy funny firm logo behind them. Yeah, I remember that's where it happened. Yeah, our G-G friend Gigi knew, knew. our friend Gigi knew was a... <laughs> Was she was one, a waitress wait, there? Great waitress there. Danny Bonaducci's wife was a waitress there, and that's where he met her, and then they oh, got really? married that night. Oh, I didn't know that. Because she wouldn't. She said she wouldn't have sex until she was married, so they got married that <laughs> night. That's how you do it, guys. Close it. Always be closing. Always be closing. All right, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here in a minute, Chip, so right. we're not going to get through all your songs, but we will. It's quite all right. Let's play one more, and then you can pick which one you want to use as our playout song. Oh, that'll today. be exciting. Well, uh. Which is, I just, uh, a song that I always remember from the road days. I have two songs. That, well, I have many songs that I always remember because I played so many tapes. Yeah. Uh, I like this one from Tears for Fears. It was just on the radio all the time because I had the tape. And I would play it all the time in my car. And it was about a guy who wanted to take over the world. And I was going to take over the stand-up world. <laughs> one maybe, bad gig at a time. Maybe, maybe this was your hype song. Oh, yeah. Here we go. This one sounds great in the headphones. advice any advice for a young stand-up comedian or a young actor what someone that wants to get into the business you've had success in it what would you impart on them i would say don't do it unless you really want to do it would love to do it because otherwise you're gonna have a lot of heartache i know a tremendous lot of people and you do as well Pat, who are very talented and they're frustrated and it's just not something if you really want to do it do it but if you don't you know what get a job Make your money at your job yeah. and then go and be in community theater. And you may not work with as many great actors 
as you might out here. But then again, you may not work much out yeah. here. It's like, do you want to be an actor or do you want to be a movie star? What do you want to do? Like, you can act. You and, can act anywhere. Yeah. And, There's and, acting and there are probably good people yeah. in the community theater. And you can do that anywhere. Yeah. And if you're so good that you have to get out of that town, then you can consider it. But you don't have to go any. You don't have to. Like, I know somebody who's like, oh, I got to go to college to uh, study acting. I'm like, well, you can take classes here right. without yeah. going, paying 10 grand a year to go somewhere. Take that money, go to the Groundlings, study there, study this acting class here. And yeah. see if you like it, you don't have to invest. You know, there's ways to make it happen. And you can just, if you want to act, act. If you want to be a comedian, go do yeah. it. It's like uh, in uh, those comedians in cars getting coffee with Sarah Silverman. She went off on how like these people say, I really want to write. <laughs> well, just write. Just write. You know, you can do anything anywhere. Just do it. Yeah. Especially these days with YouTube, you don't have to move to Hollywood. Right. You can shoot something with your buddies that can go on yep. there and you, you're broadcasting your stuff right TikTok away. TikTok it. TikTok it. Look, uh, I'm not on the radio, but people are hearing this yeah. weekly. <laughs> you, have a t you have a radio show. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's just, on a station. Just, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to the man. Yeah, you're distributing it differently than other people. Yeah, you're doing it exactly. Um, don't half-ass it if you really want to. You know, you know. Don't sit around complaining yeah. about it. You you really have to go all in. And I wrote a book. I'm. I thank goodness Amazon's there. I didn't have to buy. Yeah. I didn't have to a get a publisher. I didn't have to clear their ideas of what my book should be i could that book's exactly what i want it to be and people can like it or not and i can get it produced through amazon they print on demand i didn't have to buy i didn't have to buy a thousand books for five grand it doesn't look shitty either like <laughs> no i'm serious like some people think that self-publishing uh, the books like I don't know, not a book. Yeah. This is a book. And you can go through, I went through Fiverr and- uh, Listen how heavy it is. That's 1.9 pounds right there, people. I went through Fiverr and hired someone to do the cover, and they also did the layout, and it was a few hundred bucks. Sure, but you got to spend a little money. Yeah, but that's that's nothing compared to, and I, you know, I could have spent thousands on it. Yeah. So you can do whatever you want. I wrote a book. You can do it too. Everyone can do whatever they want. Everyone can write a book. Like we did a sketch show. We decided to put a sketch show on. Right. And we didn't have to ask. We didn't have to join a company. No. We just wrote we just sketches. Wrote it and did it. And then we rented a theater for yeah. four weeks and we did it. And then we got people to come in and see it. And then we showed showed it to one guy at the ice house. He, and hated he said, it. get out of here. He thought it was terrible. <laughs> What is that it? would have to be what it was is like when Lauren Michaels doesn't um, like you. <laughs> it's like, hmm, okay. Mm, okay. Thank you for coming. Yeah. We're going to go with Dana. <laughs> but why now? Isn't that what he said about to Bill uh, Hader and his yeah. Vincent Price? Why now? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Chip, let's, let's do it. Uh chipchinnery.com that's c-h-i-n-e-r-y twitter is at chipchinnery instagram at chipchinnery facebook.com forward slash chipchinnery official is the website the best place to go best site is the best site to go best place to go is chipchinnery.com that's where we can see all your clips see my and all clips your stuff. you see you can get the book through there you can see clips with Chappelle bringing me up you can see my tv show clips and my yeah the f everything my favorite commercial you did didn't even air it's those kia commercials oh yeah the one the one didn't air the one that i love didn't air i think they aired it once so it could qualify for a clio like in midnight they're there. so funny 
Thank you. Those are, I still, <laughs> when I see those, I still laugh. They're just, but yeah, you can see all of what Chip Chinnery does. What was the most recent acting gig you did? I did a, an episode of Loot, which uh, did not air. <laughs> they, a, they said it might air next season. Well, that's weird. Okay. Really? I'm uh, I'm the her private pilot, but then I thought about it. It's like it's uh, it's not really a part of any scene. So yeah, who knows? I don't. But think. you did take a selfie with you in pilot gear, yeah, and and with with Maya, Maya Rudolph, and you said she's really nice. She's very nice, and uh, so I did. That was my last. So show. what did you say? You go, hey, can I get a selfie with us? Yeah, it was. You're okay. on set when you do this. It we sounds were, unprofessional. We were in a cockpit. It sounds unprofessional. It really was. Because <laughs> I all of a sudden said I just had the camera. up. You shouldn't I, even have your phone with you, should you? Eh. You know, it's loosey goosey. Okay. I was like, at some point, I kind of realized as I took my phone up to take a picture of me, I was like, oh, I should probably ask her, Maya, would you like to, would you mind taking a picture? She's like, sure. No. You think this is why it didn't air? Did she, she may go, have said, I may have been blackballed, come to think of it. Now that I hear it coming out of my mouth, <laughs> cut him, cut him now, cut him. What? Cut him. Look, cut this him. guy's taking pictures. <laughs> he's and... unprofessional. He thinks he's, he's very comfortable, evidently. How comfortable will he be with not getting a residual check? <laughs> what was the most recent commercial you did? Uh, I have two running right now. One is Geico. Two running right two now. right now. Shut Geico up. has some good commercials. Geico, it's the acronyms one, which you okay. can see on my site if you didn't see it or mm. if it doesn't ring a bell. Right. And then uh, and then I did one that's still running for Wells Fargo with Regina King. I played the locksmith. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. How do you... Now, let me ask you something. This Regina King one. Yes. How do you book that commercial? Because, no offense. Yeah. I feel Anybody. like anyone could do it. Anyone could have. So is it just the character look? Uh, there's part of that. I think uh, like the audition. I got the audition for my and agent. a resume. You ever you've built up a resume, so yeah. you're not brand new. But it was. A, I think there was. Um, it's probably the director liked me or the ad agency liked me. Okay. Uh, I think what I added to it, my special sauce, was the audition said, "Okay, she's a locksmith. She's been out shopping all day, and she comes home, and you're there, and and you open the door for her." So I decided, okay, well, um, what's she having her? Where's she been shopping? So then I'm like, and I open the door. Whoop. Just in time. So I decided my audition is, whoop, hey, just in time. Ooh, look at there. You got any extra ice cream sandwiches? My goodness. You, have, could have you just ad lib that. I started riffing and ad-libbing to no one, yeah. to my camera. Yeah. And then I said something else that I think was good, like a button for it, which none of it was used. Yeah. So I think what they did is they say, oh, okay, this guy can improvise. Uh, and, we, so we and, can, and if we need that. If we need it, he can do it. All right, I good. think that's what got it. And th so this was, you did an uh, auditions have changed. Now you did, you just pre-taped yourself and you send it in yeah so now because of covid people they're afraid to bring people into auditions so i yeah. they did a self-tape i self-taped in my in my house and then i had a call back via zoom in the house all right and they were like great we booked it and then i had to show up in woodland hills really on a 110 degree day right here that's where i live right yeah. in my backyard shot it i was like they filmed it here in woodland hills yeah at a house wow i could get the address we could go over yeah and regina king nice she was very nice and what's my other question? Would you have been ballsy awesome. enough to do that ice cream sandwich stuff had you been in the room? I, I feel like you could be looser with these pre-tapes because like you don't give a shit as much. I mean, you, you give a shit, but you it gives you a little bit of freedom. Like, I'm just going to do this, whatever. I would rather be live because I feel like it's more of yeah. a performance. But would you have done like that ice yeah. cream sandwich thing live? Yeah, because I think I just had to make it up. You know, they would just go, okay, and uh, yeah. action. And I would have been like, I, I remember Phil Hartman telling a story. And I don't know if these kind of stories are true or not, but he said, he goes, I auditioned for like 50 commercials. I never got anything. Yeah. He goes, and then I just was like, I don't fucking give a shit anymore. And he goes, and that was my attitude. And then I booked everything. Yeah. So that's what everybody says. 
but it's hard to it's have hard that. Hard to get there. Hard it's to hard to, to have that, that attitude. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, you know, because if, if that was me, I'd come home and my wife would go, how was the audition? I go, I didn't fucking care. Yeah. Well, that's not how you're going to get it. Maybe you should care. Yeah. So well, we can bring them some bacon. Yeah, you're wasting everyone's time then, aren't you? Yeah, it's an attitude that, that attitude I think carries over as, oh, confident. Yeah, oh, maybe. that's interesting. I think when you say I don't care, it's like, oh, ooh, this guy's got stuff. What, yeah. What is it? He's got a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> bring the French into this. All right. We are at Rock Solid Show on Twitter. You can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. You can still follow Kyle Dotson at Kyle Dotson Funny on Twitter. And if you want to support the show monetarily, we would appreciate it. Go to patreon.com forward slash rocksolidpodcast. And with that, Chip Chinnery of the songs on your list, what is your playout song Something from The Pretenders, please. Oh, because first of all, she's from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. And this is about Ohio. I kept going back to Ohio from the gigs. It ding, seemed to make sense. Ding, 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 ding. All right, Chip, thank you for doing the show. Thank you, Pat. This is your third appearance. I think so. We did money, we did gambling, we yeah. did this. Yeah. We'll do it again. It's always good. I'll, I'll come up with another hobby. Do something. <laughs> what are you going to do next? Poker. Right? We'll do poker. Oh, we did poker. We did gambling. Damn it. Maybe it was songs about homeowners. Ooh. <laughs> the rental market. I said homeowners. <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Thanks, Pat. My city was gone. I went back to Ohio, but my city was gone. There was no train station. My city had been pulled down Reduced to parking spaces Hey, oh, where to go, Ohio?
Check, check. Sibilance, sibilance. All right, I'm going to just play some, I'm just going to play some nonsense music so that we can ga- gauge a level if it's too loud in your cans. All right. Let's hear a little bit of Little Red Corvette. That's about sex, I think. I think Red Corvette's a pussy. Is it? <laughs> 